Hi, everyone. This is Dania, and I'm here with... I am Ehab. And welcome back to our fifth episode of the Pandemic Fifth Series. episode, yes. This might be our last episode. I think it might be. And there is a surprise at the end of this where perhaps we will reveal a live episode. TBA. TBA, TBH, and TBD. Yeah, Anyways. <laughs> is the right that the one? one? Because um, <laughs> we haven't really decided, but stay tuned for all of you amazing loyal listeners and viewers. Ihab and I are planning on doing a live pan dating where we will kind of just touch base on all of these subjects, answer questions. Mm-hmm. So um, start getting those questions ready. Feel free to write to us on our YouTube videos, our IG, our Facebook, all of it is at the Embrikis podcast. That's right. That's right. And Get we're on ready. Facebook as well. Um, and it is you know. Twitter and we Instagram. Yep. Yep. All that good stuff. Um, Danny is actually in charge of that marketing strategy for the Embrikis podcast. And so thank you, Dania, for, for taking care of that for us. Um, it pays off. Yes, it already has. It already has. But in the meantime, Dania, please tell me and our audience, what is pan dating? Pan dating, for those who are unaware, is the term we've decided to uh, use to combine pandemic dating. So our series here focuses on our Muslim experience of dating under the pandemic. Um, So it's not online, but actually, I think a good majority of a lot of things we've talked about can be taken offline, too. Sure, um, sure. Minus so, maybe how to prepare your bio, but still. So pan dating is not uh, dating strategies for pansexuals? No. <laughs> I mean, it can be if they want that term, but, you know, I should copyright this term because I came up with it somewhere in August 2020. So Yeah. Um, so in August yeah, just, 2020, you were out and about on these swiping apps and you came up with a bunch of different um interesting entertaining scenarios that you would notice and i noticed those stories and reached out to you to see if you want to do something like this and so now you're like you want to be on my podcast and talk about this i was like no i want to do a (laughs) full-on series about this i want to make this real legit long and so here we are five episodes later on the series Um, well i appreciate you you um continuing on with me um, for those who've watched episode four, you'll notice that we're wearing the same exact thing. What? Why, uh, point it out? why tell? <laughs> why reveal our secrets? But uh, the truth is, is that we recorded these months apart, and um, we just we happened, happened to, to like, wear the same exact thing. Recreate everything. So, um, so Dania, tell me, tell me, tell me, what is our episode about today? Ooh, it is about reaching that point in a relationship where you realize or in a connection Mm -hmm. where just realize it's not going where you want it to there's no compatibility or maybe you've reached an impasse or a deal breaker and so we're going to talk about how to end a connection um whether we're going to be rejecting or ghosting or adulting (laughs) Um, which is you you know rejecting is also adulting you know um depends on how you go it it depends yeah we'll go into the details because ghosting is not always bad um but it can be yeah so so in the previous episode we ended up talking about all the different subjects to talk about between you and the person that you matched with 
whether or not there are deal breakers, incompatibilities, or are you on the same page? Do you have the same passions, the same pushes? Um, and now we have we are going to dive into the subject of whether or not after considering all these things, there it's a something to go forward on or something to end. But let's say that there are some incompatibilities and you ended up wanting to end things. And so I think the first thing for us to think about is whether or not these are incompatibilities or disagreements. Because for me, like I'm a perfectionist in the beginning when I was uh, swiping and that if something didn't was out of place, then I would just end up like rejecting them and just moving to the next thing in the internet, uh, you know, in the internet era where you can always find the next thing, especially in our pornified like era where there's all sorts of different content out there. And if one thing doesn't work for you, just go to the next one, these swiping apps, you go to the next one. It's easy to be like, well, maybe the next person will satisfy. Um, and, but not, so people are not perfect and I don't think you're going to find exactly what you're looking for. However, um, uh, it's important to know, like, is, are these disagreements or are these incompatibilities? Um, it'd be a shame for things to work like 98%, but that 2% is what ends up, you know, uh, pushing you apart. So is this a true deal breaker? I think is one of the, uh, the important things here, uh, to consider. I think what's really important, actually, like going on that point is that you have to take time to reflect internally and understand, are you being picky or are you being reasonable about your preferences? And that's how you assess whether or not this is a disagreement or you've actually come, come to an impasse where you need to, you know, make like this is the deal breaker. This is a non-negotiable. And we've reached the point we've we've gone around the subject enough times to understand that it's not going to work out, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and that's on you, that's on each individual personally to assess, because the truth of the matter is not every match is going to be perfect. And as we've talked about many times before, these apps are simply just a database in the palm of your hands, and it's just showing you who's available. So it's not going to be a perfect match every time. And really, perfect match is just an idealistic term. You have to find the best match for you. And so it's very likely that you're going to meet more matches that don't work out. And that's why we're here to talk about, you know, how do we address that? We reach that point where it's not a disagreement. It's actually a non-negotiable or a deal breaker. So how do we proceed? with rejection? Yes. Yes. So Dania, have you been rejected on these swiping apps? Um, I've been rejected on and offline. <laughs> yes. So, so Danny is about to open up about all of the issues, you know. Hold on. Let me get my uh, notepad and just uh, start. So in 1997. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 1997. Um, that's, a, that's a little bit of a, a young age well, there. Too, too early for actually I got rejected like three or four years later. First what? Breath my, my heart. First crush. Um, uh, actually my rejection, I think my first one was in college, freshman, like undergrad. Um, and that set me off for a very long time to like always be the one to reject and not be rejected, you know? And I think I, in I learned that lesson <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, I was pretty much the same as a kid. So I told the, the guy that I had a crush on that I liked him when I was like 13 and he's like, ew, no. And I was like, oh, 
Okay, let's try the next one. <laughs> oh, wow. Good for you. Just no, it like, took me a couple of years, and then I was like, all right, next. I just never felt like it was wrong to tell somebody that I like them. And soon enough, I built thick enough skin for the rejection. That's actually really impressive because I rarely, and it was very terrifying for me to reveal to somebody that I like them. And that kind of still so is. Exciting. I know. Like, let's see what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's an interesting perspective because like that was not me. For me, it's like for me to tell them that they have like that much power, like that they have like I'm interested in them, like it's so much to like put it on them, you know. I think I never saw it as a like power dynamic or power struggle. For me, it was just like, hey, you're of some value to me, like, you know, uh, am I of value to you too? No. Okay. Yeah. As a little kid, they're like, ew, no. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I don't think you are for this world, Dania. Like, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm waiting for my trip to Mars. Yes. The shuttle isn't ready yet. So, so how normal is rejection then? Um, as a human, as an artist, as a woman, uh, it's very normal. Mm -hmm. You know, um, for those of us who are applying to jobs or schools, we know that rejection exists. Um, so it's a very normal and necessary part of life. It teaches you a lot of things. Um, it just happens, you know? Mm -hmm. Not everything, like imagine if we didn't never got rejected for anything that we've applied for, people we pursued or were interested in. Life would have ended a long time ago. I'm, I'm like very, age of four. <laughs> I'm very um, happy that I got rejected from the things that were not meant for me, you know? And so in that spirit, like rejection is probably not a bad thing because it just means that there are incompatibilities that it's not going to work out, you know? And if it's not going to work out and there's incompatibilities, you probably should not end up together, you know? I think a lot of times um, people go into the apps and they just want to make it work. Even if it's not compatible, even if it's no, just tell us, like you found somebody, it's good enough. <laughs> um, it's, it's, there's a lot of societal pressure, you know, right. expectation. It's the time you need to. So when we get that rejection, it hurts and, and then we I, internalize it and we personalize it. And, you know, if it's on the apps, it's not as personal as, you know, a rejection outside where there's maybe more investment, something like that. You know, with job applications or school applications, we've put in so much work to building the application, the resume, whatever. And so the rejection is like, oh, man, that that hurts. That's a lot of work that went. Um, but on the dating apps, I, you know, this is what we're here for, to try, to test, to meet. It doesn't work. It's like it shouldn't be as taken as personally. But mm -hmm. I understand when there's a little bit of um, like you have sadness and disappointed written down. Those are great words to describe the feelings, especially for people who've been trying for a very long time. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem to be working. Um, and I'm sure that I, like, I'm sure that like, also if you are really into the person and the person is not into you, like, and that person rejects you, then you're like, why? I don't get it. Like everything was okay. Like I really like them. Um, so that could also be disappointing. I don't think it's always mutual. And so there's a lot to learn about that, you know, there's, it's a learning experience and something that I think everybody has to go through. <laughs> um, I feel like we're talking about like truths of life, you know, um, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I, I, when it's still somewhat early on in the dating apps, it's, I don't, 
I understand that it hurts. I just don't see it being too personal. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's become so normalized to just swipe that that feeling of attachment doesn't develop for some people and maybe for others, especially, especially depending on the timeline. Like maybe this person I matched with has just gotten on the app right now. So they're like really enthusiastic about it. And I've been on it for you know, five, <laughs> six months. And I'm just like, uh-huh. All right. You know, and it's just exhausting. So that could be a, a reason too. So another reason is that like you put in some, you're already on there. So you're already out there and you're vulnerable. You put in all this time and you're invested and you're like, this has to come up with some return, you know? And then you realize that that's not the case, that it didn't come with any return, unfortunately. And so you're like, no, I'm owed this because I put in the work and that's just not how it works. Um, you're going to try your best and maybe all of that will come to nothing. But it's my belief that even in the worst rejections that you learn something, that there is something that you take on and you kind of move with it, you know? Um, so it's important to reject and be rejected in a graceful way, in a respectful way, in a good way. So, uh, <laughs> I think so too. Um, that's, that's really what makes it or breaks it. I think the most memorable of rejections for me left an impact whether it was severely negative or severely positive most of my rejections came in very negative or insulting ways um and i remember Mm. the one time the one time i had someone reject me reject me and they were somebody that like i worked with and i valued and it was such a respectful kind and i was like i'm not even hurt like that was the most amazing way to tell me and i was like i'm gonna use that in the future when i come across that experience um it was just it was very polite very kind very honest without insulting you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all he simply said it was very basic but he was just like you know you're such a gem but i just don't see that we're compatible but i really appreciate you for saying this you know and i was like oh I get it. He doesn't see the compatibility. That's fine. I'm not going to force it. Maybe there's, that means there's no compatibility. And like, I'm okay with that. Um, so there well, is- that's, that's very mature of you. You know, I've been on that end. I've mostly been the rejecter. You know, I rarely got rejected. And this is not because I'm like so amazing or anything like that. It's just that I always just put myself in positions where I thought that I had like a little bit more of an upper hand, you know? And so, um, but with being with rejecting, I usually did use similar, you know, very respectful language. It's like, hey, it's been re- really, really great. I've learned a lot, but I don't think we're on the same page. And this is kind of my like way of telling everybody. It's like, I don't think we're on the same page overall. Um, one really cool situation that came from that is the person being like, well, I appreciate that. Do you have any feedback for me that I can use, yeah. you know, in like my next uh situation so instead of taking it personally she's just kind of like wow like you know we've gotten along we've talked for a bit what did i do wrong i think at that time i said something like you know arab girls should probably flirt a little bit more <laughs> oh my god face palm <laughs> sorry um because there's a lot there's a lot there right because because i know that society and the way that like you know arab women are brought up it's they don't feel safe to do that um but maybe that's what i was looking for and i'm like you know if you just kind of like put yourself a little bit more out there opened up a little bit more i think that's probably good advice in general but again like i understand that there is a gender you know power dynamic difference in all of that and so i'll I'll acknowledge that um 
but well, it's it also relates to something we've talked about before where mm -hmm. we're as women we're constantly bombarded with such inappropriate language and flirtation that's overtly sexual and problematic that mm -hmm. we don't want to like a lot of times we don't want to set the precedence and we don't want to open the door for that so we're a little more reserved on our yeah like flirting is important it's key there's there's a trick and a talent to it um but when we open that door we're taking a risk so we'd rather not risk it right off the bat you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that that could be why maybe that individual or other women are just not as comfortable being as flirtatious and as like friendly and like open and things like that yeah i mean for me i i i, I hear you on that um but it's really nice that she even was open to that kind of feedback like it shows again yeah. some maturity um she didn't ask like i don't think she asked why you know i think a lot of times just to say that we're not on the page or i don't think there's enough here is enough to tell people i rarely gave reasons why because i thought it was probably a little bit too cruel unless they specifically wanted to know but even then i would like not say them it's like i don't think i'm as attracted as i thought i was or um <laughs> like yeah i mean like that's Wait, the you thing. Said that? No, no, I have not said that, but that's like, like that's, that's, I mean, but that's, the truth, but like that's intense, but that's one reason that it would not have worked is like over time. It's like, I just realized and no, like, not, it's I not didn't, what I, want. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't into it. And like, suddenly like you just became unattractive, you know, um, other reasons would be, um, uh, lack of uh things in common <laughs> like the it's just i tried my best but it's just there's nothing in common or she was too agreeable and didn't push back on me as much so i didn't feel like that it's going to be uh what i'm looking for um in some cases it was just simply like she didn't have enough experience she didn't open up enough like i just didn't feel like super into it but it kind of depends on whether or not i would say these things if she asked or she didn't but nonetheless like usually i just say something as simple as i don't think we're on the same page you know and yeah. i I, ha I say that and i tell them that and then they appreciate it and i for me as a man <laughs> i really want to emphasize that this is going to be a gendered um response you know as a man, whenever I rejected them, I usually was met with very cordial and kind words. Like, just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I get it. I'm, you know, it. that's fine. Um, but generally, like, um, I imagine for you, Daniel, that rejections would not always met with such cordial, like, responses. Uh there's it's a case by case scenario um to be honest you know um like i mentioned in our previous episode i got matched with somebody where we were on very different political and religious grounds and we mm -hmm. agreed to have a phone call despite you know hints here and there on our bios and our initial chats that we weren't going to work out religiously and politically um but even on the phone like once he realized we're not on the same page he's like yeah i don't think this is um this is going to be our, like, we're not going to work. This is going to be our breaking point. And I was like, no, it's cool. But he, I remember he ended it. He's like, I really appreciate that you gave me the time to talk. And I did enjoy like our, our conversation. Cause it was a really good back and forth, like even on a non-romantic level. And I was like, yeah, me too. Actually, I enjoyed this like discord and all of that. And um, like, I wish you the best. Good luck. So that was nice, but that was a match that happened within one or two days. So it's not like we had built a lot. I think it gets harder for people to reject 
when there's been significant amount of time through the app and maybe a little off the app where you've built something and it's like, oh, how, how? So I had that happen to me um, twice, I would say. Where you like really got into it, but then they like rejected I, you. I did. Like we we took it off off the app. We talked, and one person we saw each other twice, mm. and we texted in between. But for me, I I got the sense that he was a little more superficial, but not in a negative way. I just like he was a little more superficial and into certain things that I wasn't. And I just realized we're not going to be on the same page. And he dragged a lot in his conversations through text. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this isn't going to go because we can't see each other. We don't live that close to see each other every day. Um, so after a while, I was just like, yeah, you know, we've been we've been talking for a while and I don't seem to understand, you know, what are your goals? What are your visions? What are you actually looking for in a relationship? Because it feels like we're not on the same page. I didn't use the same page um, reference. It's just like a perfect phrase to use. Yeah, um, it's not my fault. It's not your fault. We're just not on the same page you know which is really the fact like that's what it is that's why it's a great term to use um and so he couldn't answer the question you know he's like i'm looking for a serious relationship i'm like that's not what i asked you i was like what are you looking for inside of that serious relationship because i think we're both looking for a serious one but what what are the attributes what are the qualities and he couldn't answer it um and i said you know like i appreciate you trying i appreciate the time and it's really been fun talking and seeing getting to know you but i just don't think we're a good match we're not compatible um but you know i wish you the best and he replied with like yeah i understand thank you bye Um, yeah i was was nervous because two weeks prior i had an incident where it's really what triggered this whole series um I did match with somebody that I thought was great. We met up the night we matched because it was so good. Um, we Which, by the way, like that's like for me as somebody who had to work on chatting with somebody, making them comfortable for a very long time, you know, and then graduate to phone calls and then graduate to like video calls to meet with somebody you matched with like in the same day is mind blowing to me. It was mind blowing to both of us, especially because he had just been on the app like three days. Oh my god! And he had to hit the jackpot. He's like, "Oh my god! All I needed was three days, and I'm set." You know. And mashallah, Daniel, like you know, you are the jackpot. So you know. Oh wow! (laughs) Blushing on air. Um, You can't see it, podcast listeners, but I'm blushing right now. Um, Yeah, I don't. You know, he was just very clever. He was very funny. He had a very full bio, like details longer than mine. He read every single line of mine and he made it evident in his initiation, um, in his conversation. Yeah. Our chat lasted from 11 a.m. till about 6, 7 p.m. And then I was like, you know, we lived 15 minutes apart. Let's just. That's let's impressive. Just go. You know? yeah. And it was just, it just felt like things were aligning really nicely. And I was like, nothing's going to hurt. We're going to meet in public. It's COVID, so, like, we're going to have masks. People are, like, being safe. It's not, you know, whatnot. And it was a very, very incredible first meeting. I mean, like, for the books, really. I came home. I called my mom. I was like, oh, my God. So, like, listen, girl, this is what happened. It was so amazing. He's funny. He's cute. He's all this stuff. Um, And, yeah, so we planned to meet a week later. But the next day we were talking all day long and he's like, I don't want to wait a week. Like, I really would love to see you again. Can we do lunch in the middle of the week? And I thought it was a good sign. I was like, oh, he wants to see me again. Like, that's cool. I feel safe and comfortable. Um, We met met up for the second date. 
And for the listeners, I know this story very well because it's one of the yeah. one of the main this is reasons. On my blog. This is so yeah. after this incident, I was like, oh, we need to talk about these things, which I don't think we address very heavily here when it comes to like um, creepy alert and you know. I think we did a little bit. I think kind we, of. we touched on it a little bit, but but my my blog post about this addresses these like red flags and warning signs. But bottom line to summarize, because I don't want to spend too much time on this. In the second date, um, things became very evident about how pushy he was, um, demanding expectations, you know, took too much liberties and comfort with me. I started withdrawing because I was being triggered to a lot of flashbacks with my ex-husband, things he was doing early on that back in my naive days because I was younger, inexperienced, I thought was normal. And this time I was actually seeing it. I was like, oh, I've been here. I'm not doing this again. And so... I told him I needed two days to process because I was like, I, I don't feel emotionally safe right now. Yeah, and I actually yeah. said that to him and he didn't understand what that meant. He's like, well, come process it with me at my house. Oh, like, oh. No. he's like, I'm folding laundry. You can come fold laundry with well, together and we'll process. I was like, I'm not folding oh, your laundry boy who wow. I just met three days ago. Process and it with me process. is yeah. like super red flag right there. Exactly. So when he said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was like, no, I, that's not how I do it. Uh, I'm, I've been here before. I need to assess what's going on, what I'm feeling right now. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And then the next day, um, I messaged. He messaged me asking if we're on for our third date, and I said, no, we're not. I, you know, I don't want to continue anymore. I'm not comfortable in this relationship. It brought out a lot in me that, like, I'm noticing. I'm not comfortable, and I don't want to pursue it. And he just wouldn't take it. He demanded to me in person again. He demanded that I give him a reason why. He said he had a list of questions he wanted to ask me for clarification. And I was like, if you have, and then originally I was still feeling comfortable enough to text. I was like, if you have questions, feel free to text me, but I don't want to meet you anymore. Mm. Um, and he just wouldn't stop harassing me and pushing and for those who are interested there's more scary details like he mailed things to my publisher and no we'll put a we'll put a link to the uh, to the blog post in the in the description long story short after he just was hounding me and telling me how much he misses me i was like i'm blocking you i just need you to know you no longer are comfortable making me comfortable even texting you i don't care what your questions are i'm cutting you off and i blocked mm -hmm. him um so for me, there are incidents like that where I know firsthand that for women, it's safer to just ghost a guy. Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. he starts pushing and the no initial no is rejected, just ghost him in this case. Your safety precedes all things. And I, I have to point out that in all cultures worldwide, men think women are just like angry, crazy people when we say no. But the, that's because they've ignored the 95 other times we were polite in saying no. Mm, they mm. don't hear us when we say no the first 20, 100, whatever, 20,000 times politely. Like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. No, they don't hear it. They push, push, push until we reach a point where we have to be angry or assertive because we're trying to protect ourselves. We're very uncomfortable. We feel very unsafe. And then it's like, whoa. Why are you reacting this way? I didn't right. do anything wrong. It's like, no, you were blind or oblivious or entitled or privileged to all the kind of respect that I gave you that you probably still didn't even deserve, to be honest, if you're that pushy. 
And then you push us to a point where it's like, we have to be. I mean, I didn't feel good about how rude I was to him at the end, but I was like, this is what it takes because this man just didn't get it. I mean, I could post screenshots of his text messages and it was just making me really scared. And I was like, is he following me? Is he at my house right now? I don't, don't know what's going on. For four days, I couldn't sleep because I've been a victim of stalking before. I was like, I'm, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> so for for i'm not a fan of ghosting in general because i don't think it's mature i don't think it's polite i do appreciate when someone's like hey i don't think we're on the same page we're not compatible i wish you luck i appreciate that but sometimes yeah it's like cutting someone off blocking and and saving yourself protecting yourself because sometimes men demand explanations or they're just they feel entitled to things and it's like if I'm telling you we're just not compatible, I don't know what more to offer you. You want me to sit here and psychoanalyze your personality and give you a full profile like, of what's the issue? No, I call us. We just we, like we just don't match. It's it's okay. I'm not sure. the one for you. You're not the one for me. Let's, sure. let's learn to take that and and move with it and learn from it. And not it doesn't when you're rejected, it doesn't mean you're not good enough or you're not good. It just means you don't fit here with this person. Yeah. yeah and i think for a lot of us we take rejection to mean we're not good enough i'm a poet i have submitted my poems and my manuscripts to multiple places over the course of 10 years and it has been rejected from so many and it wasn't always because it wasn't good enough sometimes it needed work and i saw that later but other times it was like there's so many people that have submitted and their work was a better fit for this publication or magazine or whatever that's okay. It doesn't mean my work doesn't have value or isn't. So I, we need to look at rejection and that mechanism and not turn it into something so personal where we we threaten or push or, or you know, we like, I don't know how to say, like so big and like we make it so drastic mm-hmm. um, that it becomes harmful to well, you it's, and it's to a- the other person. It's an ego thing, you know, it's like bruising the ego. I do appreciate you sharing that story. And as I mentioned, I already heard it many times. And every time I still like, I'm kind of baffled um, to your experience, uh, specifically because I've never felt that kind of, uh, you know, lack of safety in my own, you know, threat in my own experience. Um, It is a little bit of, you know, a difficult situation that I think a lot of women do deal with that we don't hear about often. Um, that's the kind of thing that I think rejection can get you um, with people who are unsafe. And I think you did a good job in trying to mitigate that and trying to like do the best that you can to stay polite, but also stay safe. And unfortunately, um, you know, other than just kind of noticing these things ahead of time and then disconnecting with that person and staying safe and not giving a phone number and not like necessarily like, you know, giving them ways that they can contact you on these apps. It's largely safe. However, um, if you do choose to share phone numbers and things like that, um, I, I would I would definitely like not rush into it. Um, a lot of times when somebody like this person is uh, pushing and pushing and not taking no for an answer, that's indicative in of itself, that they should be able to like chill for a bit and like let you be on your own time and your own way, um, specifically because of everything that's out there. So um, this is probably one consequence of rejecting, but I think largely rejecting 
and being rejected is very normal and uh, typical and non-threatening, you know, uh, way to end things. Um, and it should be it should be practiced. I think um, there yeah. needs to be some practice. Uh, obviously, this man, <laughs> she said it's his third day on the app. He wasn't very used to getting rejected on the app you know, or in real life in this or case. anywhere else, honestly, it or, seems, yeah. or anywhere else. So um, but you mentioned here ghosting. So let's go ahead and flip to that subject because you're talking about a, a scenario where ghosting was very appropriate. The man wasn't respecting your boundaries and you pushed it. But in case that really, people... I don't think I actually ghosted him because I told him I'm cutting him off. So right. for um, those but who don't know what ghosting is, thank you should probably define that. Yeah. <laughs> so ghosting for me, like when I think ghosting, I think of a scenario where I've connected with somebody. Um, it's It has been good or bad, doesn't matter. But there has been like some sort of like back and forth. And then suddenly the other person just decides to disappear um, turn into a ghost they turn into a ghost and they stop responding and you just don't know what happened like they didn't say oh it's not going to work you know or anything like that they just disappear and i think this is becoming more and more of a common thing especially in an age where um you know matches and connections are so fleeting and so fragile it's like you know come and go no big deal but i think also it has a lot to do it has a lot to do with courage um, and not wanting to like hurt somebody by like telling them no. Um, and I think sometimes um, it's important to tell somebody that you're not interested in them. Um, I made a very big uh, deal of not ever ghosting anyone, always telling somebody at least the minimum thing, which is that we're not on the same page, just so I can like let it go. Because I have been ghosted by people where I thought we had a good connection, we were going to talk, we were going to meet, and then suddenly they're gone. And I'm sending them a message like, hey, are we still on? Nothing. Hey, are you still interested? Nothing. And it's just like, like, I already know that it's over just from that moment, but it's just not nice. It's not very respectful. Not respectful, yeah. Um, no, I agree. I, I have like... I agree with that overall. I just know that because after dealing with the dating app, seeing what it's been like, um, seeing the very like mediocre investment that most of these men I was finding put into it, if a match happened um, and it just like was dragging and it felt like it was going nowhere, I personally, if it was like two or three days, I just didn't even say anything yeah they obviously didn't care i was like they don't care whether or not i give them a, an explanation they're not responding that quickly or that that vividly that interestingly so yeah but for me when if it was somebody that i had a good back and forth with for a couple of chats i won't say days because sometimes it's based off chat timeline not really days or hours of talking but if there's just been enough back and forth yeah um if it's not working if it's not clicking i will say something um and i've had it happen to me maybe twice where somebody was like hey you know i did just ma i matched with somebody earlier that i have been talking to and it's actually picking up so mm -hmm. like, you know i'm not and i was like hey good for you good luck with that other person like i've said that best. i've said that before right. it's like hey I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. granted this did not happen on muslim dating app it was a non-muslim dating app non-muslim guy and he like respected me enough to tell me that um, well, good, it's funny. Good for, on the Muslim dating apps, I know they're like talking to 700 girls. They don't let you well, know. 
I mean, good for him. Like for me, I, similarly, I did reach out to somebody who's like, hey, I'm re reconnecting with somebody else. Um, if you'd like to stay connected with me, um, you know, then if that doesn't work out, then I, I can come back. Otherwise, like, you know, good luck. Um, that happens sometimes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do agree with you. If it's there's not much investment, it's not really meant for ghosting. But ghosting is something where there is some investment there has been some back and forth this is there's no real way to avoid the ghost um unfortunately uh but maybe this is just the public service announcement please don't ghost people just tell them hey all you have to say is like i don't think it's going to work by or hey um sorry i don't think it's going to work or hey um i'm, I'm going to unmatch have a good day just anything to indicate that it's like you know I over mean I would just add a little bit to that you know, for me personally, like at least started off with like, I appreciate you taking the time in our conversation. I of course. Gonna work. Like, don't just say, Hey, I'm on matching peace out. You know? No, no. I'm, I'm not saying that in, in a way to like encourage people to just do that, but I'm talking about if you really, really don't want to say or do anything, just the minimum you can do is hey, peace out, you know, let them know before you unmatch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, you, if they're not anticipating a response to them announcing that they're leaving. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, something we were talking. Yeah, no, no, I think we're good. I was thinking about rejection, about whether or not you're owed an explanation mm -hmm. or whether or not you owe somebody an explanation. Um, uh, no, I don't, I don't think anybody owes anybody any explanation because sometimes at this, at this point, yeah, you know, yeah. With, the, with this level, with this introductory phase. Sure, sure. I mean, like, so in conclusion, please don't ghost people. It's not very mature. It's not very respectful. Um, unless, like, again, there hasn't been any investment. In general, I think uh, it should no longer be acceptable or respectful. And it's Something just, again, just a P PSA for everybody out there. Please don't ghost. <laughs> Have you been the, I don't know what the, I don't know what to call this, but like, you know, the ghoster? You somebody. <laughs> Have you been the ghoster? Um, I have not. No. I don't think I have. That's okay. I have, like I said, mm. after being on the app for like three months and all these guys just like, hey, hi. I was like, yeah, you, I don't. I'm not giving you an explanation. You should know why I'm not talking to you anymore. But um, I've had uh, situations where like I'll match with someone and just instantly they're ghosting. I'm like, hey, salams, how's like blah, blah, blah. And I never reply. I was like, like, why did you match with me then? Like, what do you want? Why are you here? Like, why did you swipe right on me, dude, if you're not going to answer anything? And I see it. It's like he's online, you know, he's looking at my profile. It shows me that he's viewing. And I'm like, okay, bro. Right. I think I think this is one of those cases where it's just like right, 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 right. You know, keep matching, and then the the match happens, and they look at it, and they're like, "Oh, actually, never mind." And by the way, I've been that person. And unmatch with me instantly. Right. I've been that person where we did match, and then immediately I said, "Hey, um, I don't. I'm not feeling it anymore." Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or. Or I don't think this is going to work out or something like that, where it's like, oh, I, I know, I know what I say. I say I've had Damn, a change. Yeah, I said, I, one second, one second. I said, I said, uh, I have a change of heart. That's what I said. And so uh, good luck to you. I'm going to unmatch. And then usually they're just kind of like, lol, okay, <laughs> have a good day. That's always usually what happens. Like they have to laugh about it because um, we didn't talk. We just did not talk. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, a change of heart. 
yeah yeah it happens or hey i'm like talking to somebody else right now but like i'll get back to you <laughs> you know if it doesn't work out if it doesn't work out um so i mean so we talked about rejection and we talked about all of this and at the end of all of this you know there has to be some useful lessons and takeaways um from the experience of uh the online dating you know scenario so um i figured we would just take a little bit of time just to shoot from the hip and talk about the goods and the bads uh, maybe some you know examples here and there um like what do you what's what do you think um what what do you want to tell people after all these hours of us like talking into their ears the biggest useful lesson or takeaway that I had was um, it made me a lot more courageous to experience this online dating thing because it made me more confident uh, in demanding what I want and not putting up with what I don't want. Um, just, you know, seeing what's out there, seeing how much investment and time I gave my profile, my bio, I was like, okay, I know my standards even more now. So this is where I'm at. And if you don't reach that level, then we're not the right match. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to be insecure about it. I'm not going to reduce myself the way that society often tells women to do so that you might find a guy. Cause... So for me, the biggest lessons I had was self-discovery and realizing how much more uh, courageous, confident I can be in asking for more or what I deserve. Um, and that really, I think that's what we said very early on in our first episode. We said, we're not here to guarantee you a match mm -hmm. or even give you the most perfect bio. We're here to help you figure out who you are in this process so that you mm -hmm. present yourself better, that you're more confident in what you're presenting. So it's not really even about, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, they always say this, you know, like you find someone when you've learned who you are and you've like, you're in your best place. And that's true because you end up seeing things in your own self differently. Mm -hmm. And that portrays in your personality and your behavior. So for me, that was the useful lessons and takeaway on the surface. I've had some conversations and matches and encounters that taught me things also that I liked. I was like, okay, I was able to have a conversation with a guy on a second date that I didn't think I would be able, be able to ever have with others where we talked about like, what are specific physical attributes to like and dislike about a, a woman or a man? Um, and it was a really fun conversation. It was judgment free and we enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, this is nice. And I feel safe talking about this. And I think I can talk about this again in the future. Um, so yeah, there's been positive takeaways. It's not all negative. It's mostly negative. <laughs> Just like I gotta clarify, you know, this hasn't been a good experience. Here, yeah. But as a man, lessons. as a man on the platform, for me, it has not mostly been negative. Um, there is a disparity between no, uh, oh. there is a, there is a disparity between the genders when it comes to this. Um, I don't see things not working out as negative. I think from the beginning, I learned a lot about myself. Um, being able to start a connection and like build it from the scratch and, and invest and then maybe go to a phone call um, multiple times teaches me a lot about who I am. You know, re just like you mentioned, rewriting my bio also like really um, pushed me to un think about what I actually want. I remember in the beginning, my bio, as I mentioned in previous episodes, was like very slick, very clean, very like good to go. And I realized that I wasn't being very genuine to who I was and what I wanted. And so going through this process actually pushed me to become more genuine. 
um, there's a lot of really great conversations and really great people that I was able to meet, you know, even if it didn't work out. Um, it's true, you know. Um, wow. And, and like it might have been like a mutual experience too where it's like, you know what, this has been really great, you know. And then you just move on. I always encourage people to get onto these apps just simply, especially women, especially Arab women, just simply as an exercise, you know. Um, like I've said this to my own sister, it's like, go on there, talk to people, figure out like, just, you know, you don't have to get too deep, you know, but just like become more familiar. It's good for self, uh, self exploration and discovery and figuring, especially if you don't have a dating background, especially if like, there hasn't been much like in your background, uh, if you've come from a conservative or a more reserved background, this will actually help. Um, because there are skills that are built in this process that I think a lot of people need in order to date in the real world, in order to connect with somebody in a romantic sense in the real world that you can discover, you know, using all of this. And so um, that's kind of my takeaway. Give it a try, be vulnerable, be out there, be open, you know, try something new, uh, connect with somebody you don't think that you would normally get along with or normally accept and you never know what's going to happen um that's kind of my like two cents on the useful lessons and takeaways uh but again like you can notice that the disparity between my experience and Danny's experience and um just be safe out there and like try your best to uh not to to you know connect with the right people and do the right things and even then you know it's not going to be your fault that somebody else is obsessive, obsessive, abusive, problematic. You know, you didn't do anything to invite that. And this is both for you and other people that might think that it was their fault. And it's not, you know. Um, I wish that these apps did have a little bit more of a filter and a little bit more of a compatibility factor. But it is simply just random people meeting. Um, yeah. Did you have anything to add to that? Well, it's just interesting for me to hear, you know, your takeaway, your experience being more positive than negative, and even your um, advice for Arab women to um, expand their horizons a little and give it a shot to break away and learn more about themselves. It's an, it's an interesting concept. I didn't even, I wouldn't even think of it, especially because early on we were talking about, you know, people being on these apps intentionally and not really utilizing it as just like a fun place. And I don't think any Arab woman who's going on to give it a shot is really going on just for fun sake, I think. I don't think that's like what I was suggesting exactly, you know, but, you know, be intentional, be on there and, and, and go for something serious, but don't be so invested that like, you know, the first connection is the connection, yeah, you know? Like all hope is lost if it doesn't work out. Yeah. But, Similarly, and when I say similarly, I mean I similarly would say I also have advice for the men. Go ahead. Um, different advice. <laughs> um, just based off all these five episodes we've shared, um, it's been very evident that your experience is quite different than mine. And yes. I'm not a full-on representative of every single Muslim or Arab. Neither am I. But I'm a good representative of majority because this is what I've heard from so many other women based off my mm -hmm. pandemic Instagram series. So my biggest advice is really men need to step it up like big time, like morals, ethics, efforts, and investment 
you're, you know, I hear so many men who are complaining about why they're single. And then I see these behaviors and I was like, there is a causation here, you know, it's there. And the whole point of the series is to help people better themselves and take this into consideration, take these tools that we've offered to build, to build your self-esteem, to build your self-reflection, your awareness and your profile, because it's really not fair that it continues in this path where it remains such a positive experience of men comfortably swiping and their grief is just from being tired of the swiping, but it's still positive experiences. Whereas for us, it's like trauma, emotion, Mm -hmm. stress, Mm -hmm. frustration, um, being insulted, objectified, treated in different ways. Um, And then us, you know, so many women reaching a point of like, I'll put up with it if this is how I'm going to meet my future. No, do not put up with it. They can do better, women. Like men can do better. And I know they can because I've seen it. Mm -hmm. So my advice is take it seriously, grow, mature, and do better because we're, we're so tired and it's not fair. Like, it's so interesting. Like I'm listening to you talk about the positives and I'm just like, damn, I don't, I don't know what that's like. Cause even my positives, when I say positive, I just mean I wasn't insulted or attacked. <laughs> it was like, how are you doing? Good. I was like, well, that's a positive experience oh, wow. because I didn't, you know, that's a very low bar. Like there was, you know, men set the bar pretty low. And so that's why I'm saying women shouldn't put up with it. Cause that's not where the standard should be. You know, yeah. I, I would, and that's why I got hopeful about that one person who ended up being very scary and threatening because initially it started out so great. And I was like, I don't want to feel like the only way I'm going to meet someone who's engaging is if he's borderline psychopath. That's yeah. not, I don't want that either. Yeah. So that's my advice. Cause I, I just don't want to see the rest of our generation and the next generation struggle with the same issues that we should have broken a long time ago. Sure. Sure. And I appreciate you sharing that. And it is sad to hear how, you know, there are differences between our experiences. I'm wondering um, if we can also take the chance to give advice for me to men and for you to women on these platforms. Um, And so along the line of what Danny said about men uh, stepping it up, I think it's important for us men to like re-examine like our cultural Uh, in traditional and religious issues, um, we need to figure out the toxic aspects of our masculinity and address them. Um, When it comes down to why we're so against being rejected and the reactions that come from that, and uh, where does that come from? Where does that like dissatisfaction and anger really, really come from? Um, When we think about um, the double standards between what women, you know, want and what men want, um, considering that we, so a lot of us men like have been in the world and we've been experienced, but then we want something, somebody, somebody who's not experienced, like, where does that come from? Um, why do we, why is that the culture? Um, and how can we stop enabling each other to in abuse and, um, and consuming and using, um, women on a regular basis? It's a lot. So when it comes to this app, I would say for the men, like try your best, be respectful, uh, give space, give time, um, create uh, an environment of safety that is going to help you grow, help other people feel comfortable around you. And then when you do have 
that safe, like that trust from somebody after you've created that environment of safety, then it, that is a trust. That is an amana, as they say in Arabic. Don't, don't go against that. Don't violate that. Because that's a very sacred trust, like especially that these women, after being out there, just like what Daniel was talking about, after all these things that she's experienced, you know, and then she's still choosing to trust you. That's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. So take that trust seriously. Take the, take the, pro, the process seriously and treat women like <laughs> you treat men, like you treat human beings, you know, um, and a lot, you know, it might, again, it might be easy to not take it seriously because of the swiping aspect of it, but these still are real human beings that are out there with feelings and emotions and um, just a lot of um, history and trauma and, you know, so tread lightly and tread carefully and be respectful and, you know, God bless, I guess. Just try your best. Well said. Yeah. yeah. Um, to offer advice to women, um, I would mirror the last part of what you said, you know, the same thing for women. I do want you to take it seriously, to um, give the process to due time, which I know a lot of my friends do. But I'd say for women, the biggest thing is be open and be honest. Don't be afraid to actually um, exert who you are, your preferences, your desire. Don't don't sit there and skirt the subject and, and be reserved or withdrawn because you're afraid of scaring away potential or seeming like you're too much. Embrace that. Because as we've repeated, you don't want to put up a front of what you think will appeal. Be yourself. And as I just mentioned earlier, don't put up with things because you think it'll get better or you're just going to like warm it up and see what happens. No, don't put up with it. You know, like this is, it's a, Honestly, to me, it's a one-shot opportunity. You're matched. You've already put yourselves in a vulnerable space of being on this app and being willing to swipe right. If you don't receive the respect and attention you deserve right off the bat, do not put up with it just because you're like, I have to keep trying. No, there are other people out there that are actually interested in getting to know you. So be assertive about what you want. Know your worth. Know what you deserve. And pursue that in your journey on this app and on dating in general. Yeah. So. Yeah. Also well said. Well, thank you, Dania. And thank you to the listeners again for um, connecting with us and being with us uh, in this. It's been a, it's been a long, uh, a long process to get here, you know, with uh, the episode that we're in right now, five long episodes that we hope that have benefited and hopefully does well to inform and educate. Um, yeah, this is, this has been really good. It's really been a good uh, self exploring opportunity for me. And I've been able to learn a lot by listening to Dania. Um, and we look forward to getting some, uh, some feedback from the audience members. We already have, it's been really positive. We really uh, appreciate it. But if you do have questions and you want us to talk about something specific, we're more than happy to to do that. Um, yeah, prepare those questions for our live video. Um, date to be announced soon, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, get started on questions. Start saving them because we can do questions live or you can send it to us in advance um, 
actually we should pin our, our email, the embrikis podcast at gmail.com so that people can email us questions too um or slide in our dms but yeah no for i'm really grateful that you were open to this you know project idea that we actually did it you know um i had my doubts in the beginning right i was like yeah some some person in my dms is like yeah sure i'll do a project with you it's like okay are you serious though or are we not gonna do this but oh no, no i schedule like on it i schedule that day you know and i'm like let's do it uh we've come a long way technology wise too um Every episode we grow after every episode we listen to ourselves. We're like, hey, we said, um, like, and I probably said know, all of these way things. Too much, I probably, so we need to reduce that. I probably still said all of these things, you know, you know, me too. You know, you know? it's like, uh, you know, that thing, like, oh, it just <laughs> happens, you know, for those who are not familiar with this environment, you get really nervous behind it's, the it's a lot, it's, it's a lot of energy. I get really exhausted by the end of it. And here I am just smacking Knocking off the mic, my microphone. Yeah. You just lose all control of your faculties and your, your arms and legs. <laughs> and you start convulsing really violently. Um, happens, wow. every, happens every time, every time. Yeah. So. That's why there's so much space between each episode. Yeah. So much. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm grateful, grateful to the Emrikis for sharing their platform with me on this idea. And for you, we have taking the time to do this. Um, yeah, and for being vulnerable, I know we both shared a lot of personal and vulnerable things. Um, but I think because we both genuinely believe that there's so much positive potential to come out of this and our community deserves deserves that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, I agree. All right, friends. I think that's it for now. Uh, I have been Ihab. I am still done, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are signing off the pan dating. Uh, we'll see you on the live broadcast. Until then, take care, be safe, uh, be respectful. Uh, much peace, love, and harmony between all. Maybe a little cheesy there, but, you know. That's okay. We like cheese. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, la masa then, everybody. Bye. Bye.